it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When I'm right. Blog Talk Radio. All right. Sunday night, late night radio. What fun. Up this morning, looking for my shoes. Look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long? Lordy, tell me how long? Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Yeah, you you muted me. I was uh, singing 
uh, when he was singing out, Lordy, tell me all along, I was going, woo, woo, woo. Well, I have to oh. wait, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm going to try and get our uh, guest on the show. We're going to call him. What do we call him? Well, uh, we're going to call him Edward. Oh. Uh, six eight seven. Six eight seven. That's why six. Uh, that's why. Uh, Don't you are do it! Other. Don't you do it! What? No, I I I thought you were gonna do that. You know that really bad number. Oh eight six seven five three oh nine. No 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 no. You like that song? Well. Hello. Yes. Is this Edward X Young? Yes, it is. Okay, uh, Edward. Uh, we were trying to find out about your mattress. Do you think that your mattress is comfortable, or would you like it to be more comfortable? And maybe you can get a sleep number mattress. How, how can I get a more comfortable mattress? <laughs> okay, so are you happy with your car insurance? Oh, uh, no, I, I, I really want warranties. I need more warranties. Uh, you even need for the mattress. I mean, I'd like to, as many car warranties as I can get. <laughs> so, so I, I, Edward. I, yes. How would you like, how, how do you think that your uh, last hotel six, uh, stay was. Could it be better or more better or excellent? Well, what, what could be better? Your Motel 6 day. Oh, my Motel 6 day. <laughs> so Motel 6 is perfect. How can you, how can you top perfection? Welcome to another exciting episode here on Francine Friends. And oh my gosh, we got Edward X. Young. Edward X. Young. And this is actually really exciting for me because I told you, I said, nope, not going to do the show. And uh, yep, we're going to do the show. You just left the home state of South. Go That's right. I'm I'm on the road. I've been I've been driving for a long time already. Uh, and uh, I mean, on Friday, I left my house in New Jersey and I drove down to South Carolina, a distance of 608 miles. And uh, now I'm on my way home today on Sunday, two days later, and I I still have 261 miles to go. So. I get under the time. Of- so you're not quite south. Yeah, we, we were talking earlier about the south border. We'll talk about more of that later. Man, why is it when I move out of South Carolina, Edward X. Young, 
goes to South Carolina. Well, I mean, Donald Trump, uh, our 45th president, Donald Trump, was holding a rally in Florence, South Carolina, at the airport. And, uh, you know, how can I resist? It was my it was my 52nd Trump rally. That's actually wow. pretty awesome. That, I, uh, I, I've been to 52 of his rallies, and he was down there endorsing uh, uh, two congressional candidates and, and some other people running. And I, uh, I, had, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen one of his rallies since last year in June when I traveled almost as far. I traveled almost as far to uh, Wellington, Ohio, outside of Cleveland, which was just under 600 miles. So it was a similar distance. This is the, this wow. is the furthest one we've gone. I, I, I gotta say, and I'm gonna say it hands down, you are like the biggest Trump supporter of all time, and I'm not gonna say yay or nay, but I applaud you. It is what it is. I mean, it is so, what it is. So it's part of it's my me. It's my me TA. My my raison d'être. Yeah, you were actually on Time Magazine in Time Magazine uh, around 2016 or so. That's right, and believe it or not, let's see what happens because I remembered the guy. His first name was Richard. Oh, I forget what his last name is, but I have it. I have the Time magazine, but the same photographer who took my picture and put me in Time magazine was at this rally in South Carolina, and I remembered him. He remembered me, and he said, "Let me get another one of you." And he says, "I can't. I can't promise you anything." So I can't promise you nothing. He said, "I don't choose what they publish." But uh, I got your picture, and I'll, I'll recommend it, and maybe you'll get back in time. So look into your Time magazine. I'm concerned because, you see, I had a thing going, which is not going anymore. Uh, when, when, the, when the COVID insanity, when the COVID paranoia first struck in March of, in March of 2020, when the lockdown, yes, the, lo- the lockdowns occurred, and as a result of the lockdowns, uh, my hairstylist was driven out of business. Uh, a woman in her 60s from Uruguay. And uh, not only did she shut down shop, but then there was a sign on the door that she was moving back to Uruguay. So in protest, in protest back then, I, I made a statement. And I was, I was in a protest uh, in New Jersey. I mean, I'll make this clear. I was in a protest in New Jersey or even... Even I fell for the paranoia of of COVID for a short time, for about two months. Uh, but then I realized that the masks were total horseshit. I've got a lot of friends in the medical business. I've got I've got friends who are chiropractors, doctors, or nurses. And and the fact is, let's put COVID aside. However deadly it was or wasn't, uh, the masks are utterly stupid and useless and pointless. They don't do yeah. anything. They can't. Yeah. And so I said, yeah. I, I, I hated these commercials on TV where they'd show the guy sitting in his kitchen, this 
with this stupid smile on his face, and he'd look at the camera while his sister is cutting his hair, and he'd say, we're all in this together. And I was like, fuck no. I'm not in this together. I'm being forced into this. It's ruining my life. And so I, I said I was not going to cut my hair or trim my beard until it was all over. And uh, up until last week, I looked like uh, I looked like if I could play bass, I could have replaced Dusty Hill uh, because I had a, a long beard going down halfway down my chest and and long white hair going halfway down my back, and I liked it. You know, but my my, you, my you boss and my dad. You can be part of Beard Team USA, and you can get the honest Amish. I looked like I could have been part of Duck Dynasty, but anyhow, the president the real president, the 45th president, who got reelected, but they stole the election with ballot box stuffing. I mean, he, he came to recognize me on at least four occasions at the rallies in 2020, where he would see me all over the country, because I've been to 52 of these rallies. He'd see me all over the country and say, uh, there's that guy with the big white beard again. Yeah, I see him at all my rallies. Then I see him on TV. He says nice things about me. And then he looked at me once. He said, I love you, man. No, yeah, I really love you. And then he, and he had his uh, CIO, Christi- Christopher Durden, find me in the crowd and, and bring me a signed bag of hat. When you were, uh, when you were, when Trump wins and you were on the face of the magazine, and I could imagine that Trump said, I want that guy in my office right now. We need to talk because I love this guy. Well, he, he did say Trump that. rally when he won and you were all over, like, CNN and everything. And I, I uh, would uh, imagine uh, that Trump said, I want this guy in. And that's the first thing that when I seen the video, I was like, I want this guy in my office, ASAP. He's my guy. Well, I talked to Mark Meadows back two years ago. Mark Meadows, the, the, the former chief of staff, uh, Donald Trump's chief of staff, President Trump's chief of staff, had said to me, he recognized me, and he, and he said to me that uh, we could possibly arrange a meeting. It would have to be, you know, after this COVID stuff is over, it would be tough that if I, back in, there'd yeah, be arguments, I, there'd be arguments about he's violating the COVID protocol. But, uh, but I'm rather concerned because my boss of, at my day job could not stand my long hair and my long beard, and he was riding me again and again and again. I, mean, I, I gave in and I cut the beard. I cut, I cut my beard and cut my hair. And, 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 yesterday, and yesterday, I was at the Trump rally, front row and center, and sure enough, I mean, it was at night, the lights were behind me. But but I was right front row and center. I couldn't have been more than 15 feet away from him. And uh, he didn't acknowledge me. I, I don't think he recognized me. I think I committed oh, politi- no. I think I, I think I committed political suicide by cutting my hair and beard. Uh, but I did end up, but I was interviewed earlier in the day at this rally, standing in line. And anybody in South Carolina... I was on the front page of today. Well, what's today? March, uh, 
What is today? March 13th. March 13th. On the front page of the South Carolina State newspaper, simply called the State, and the front page article about the Trump rally, the first article, the first headline, the first sentence, it's about me. I think my name is the first thing in the article. Edward X. Young from Brick, New Jersey, traveled 608 miles to come to the Donald Trump rally in Florence, South Carolina, on a cold, rainy, windy day with soggy ground at the airport in Florence. And, uh, and they, they described how difficult it was, and he said, but uh, he said, uh, as Mr. Young said, I asked him why he was here. He said, well, because Donald Trump is here, and I'm a lion, I'm not... And I'm a lion. I'm not a sheep. So uh, that's in the papers. <clears throat> I, but I hope he'll recognize me. I'm deeply concerned that, that maybe I've lost my connection because he doesn't know it's me. Uh, but let me no, tell you. No, no, no. you see me on Facebook? Did you think my hair was too long? Yeah, I even told you on private phone calls, I said, Ed, shape the beard. Well, I did. But I look like Howard Hughes. Isn't that a great thing to look like Howard Hughes? (laughs) Howard Howard Hughes was a very great businessman. Yeah, but... I I know who you look like. You look exactly like... This one vampire called Mr. Hush. Oh, yeah? Well, now I look like Mr. Hush because I've, I've cut the hair short and I've trimmed the beard. Somebody get somebody better give me another vampire part. I haven't played a vampire in a while. You know, I've acted over a hundred... I've acted in over a hundred horror movies, and I've only been a vampire uh, twice. i got to do it again. Edward, you should do it with, uh, with uh, long hair and a beard. Well, I do, well, actually, if you see the killer clown meets the candy man in a dream sequence, I appear as a vampire for a few seconds in a, in a hallucination. Ah. I, I use the same fangs I used in my other vampire movie called Fight School, directed by James Balsamo. And if he hears that, I really enjoy working with James Balsamo. John Link and I used to used to work with him all the time on his films when he worked out in Long Island, New York. He did a, a he, he was doing like a film a year, and he always used John Link and me. And uh, and oh. James actually worked a lot with Trauma with Lloyd Kaufman, and he got a name for himself and I made it big. Me. Well, but uh, but James is out in Hollywood now making Hollywood movies. And uh, a good guy, when he heard that John Link died, he called me up, and he was he was weeping uncontrollably. He really loved John, and he missed him. But uh, but I played a vampire in his movie Bite School, which was a com- vampire comedy where I was the, the dean of a university filled with vampires. And uh, the fangs I got made for that movie were excellent because it's like 10 years later, and they never broke, and they still fit me perfectly in the... They, they were the, the. I've got a good pair of fangs. Somebody cast me as a vampire. I want to play a vampire again. That would be pretty awesome. Andy, yeah, let us good. let us discuss the South. 
because uh, you're telling me earlier in our conversation that I was in Florence, South Carolina, but I was close to where you're where you grew up, right? You know what's funny is I can do the no, that's pretty. I I can do the action. Hey y'all, welcome to Crazy and Friends. Uh, let me tell you about, uh, you know what was terrible? Yes, South Carolina, man. That's my uptown cola town. Uh, what what town were you from? I'm, I'm, I'm from, well, Richland County, honestly. And uh, I don't have much street cred there, but you know what? I can fake a southern accent on time to time. Y'all, how am I doing? I, you said your mom still lives there, right? Yes. She's in West Columbia, South Carolina. So if I go back there for another rally, I have a place to crash. I I I think she will accept you because you are friends with my mom. <laughs> I don't have to sleep in my car in the airport parking lot again. <laughs> and you were talking about the moth dro- uh, growing on trees and everything. Oh yeah, let, let, yeah, let, yeah, let, let me let me bring give you the intro that we had earlier. You see, when I when I went to the airport. I got, I mean, to get front row at a Trump rally, you got to get there a day in advance. So I drove down on Friday, but when I got there, it was dark. And I I was fully prepared to get online and sit online for 24 hours if I had to, no matter what the weather, so I could be up front, close and personal. And the security guards told me that I couldn't actually park my car at the airport if I wasn't used at the airport. I had to use this uh, farmer's field. Uh, which was next to the airport. It was about a mile away. And I said, how will I know it? They said, oh, there's a, this camper is there. People came here, and they, they've they got their RVs, and they're camping after this rally. You'll see them. And, and in the darkness, in the moonlight, I'm going down the road, and I see all these campers in the middle of a field. So I, I drove in there, and I figured, well, this is all over. How am I going to find my car? So I saw in the darkness, I saw it looked like a clump of trees. And so I, I parked my car in the darkness of these clump of trees. Then I got my folded chair, and blanket, and umbrella. And I walked in a mile back to the airport where I could find my way online to the great Donald Trump rally. My, my 50-second rally. This was a Save America rally. But anyhow, so then Friday night, I leave my car to this clump of trees in the darkness. I... I Make it to the airport. I sit online. I'm in line for like almost 24 hours. I, I see our great 45th president, our greatest president ever, the super president. Our super, our, 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 our first, our first superhero president, because he is. But but anyhow, then it was over Saturday night, and uh, it was I was it had rained. And, and, and the wind was fierce, and they said there were tornado warnings. My umbrella got blown away, and I got soaked. And then after it stopped raining, before the president came miraculously, he comes when it stops raining. But the, the temperature dropped below freezing, which is uncharacteristic. But, but when it was all over, I really thought that I was going to get sick. And, and so I, uh, 
I, I made it back to the car in the darkness as fast as I could. It took me a while. I was so sore. But I made it to, to the car. I couldn't even have driven anywhere I, to find your mom or anything if I knew where her address was. I just figured I'm going to lay back and rest for a moment. I dozed off. I ended up sleeping overnight in the car. But in the morning, I woke up under this clump of trees, and it was quite beautiful. I realized the trees had, in, in Florence, South Carolina, had Spanish moss hanging all over them. And you don't see that up north. You don't. And in fact, you I mean, what is Spanish moss? It's, it's, I guess, the moss. It's, it's a, it's some kind of a plant, but you don't have the water. Awesome trees. Uh, they grow moss, and if you got a reptile, oh my gosh, you got fresh moss. And you can go to a pet store and say, I'm going to buy you moss. But no, there is fresh moss. I know exactly what you're saying. I love that moss. You see, you grew up with Spanish moss all around you. I did. And I ha- if you got reptiles, it's perfect for the bedding. Uh, do you still have reptiles? Do you still have that dragon? I still got my little beardy. He's tucked away in his little log. What What do you feed him? I feed Children. him. I, I did give him some Children. 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 And I that, 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 that dragon must have grown. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's in a fifty-gallon aquarium right now. That's his castle. Oh yeah. Well, I, 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 I had a I had a big jar in my car, a big plastic jar. I always carry one when I travel for in case I find something I need to transport back. And so I filled this jar with Spanish moss. I wonder if I wonder if I can grow it in New Jersey. I think all you got to do is uh, spray it. I knew a guy when I was a kid, when I was in high school in New Hampshire, uh, one of my neighbors collected uh, exotic orchids and carnivorous plants from around the world. And he had a greenhouse in the back of his house. And uh, my after-school job was he hired me to take care of his greenhouse. But I think he went down to the South Carolina and came back with a small quantity of Spanish moss and hung it in his greenhouse, which was always warm and moist. And that stuff just grew all over the place, to the point where you say he had Spanish moss everywhere. Yeah, you 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 got to miss it because you got to get that humidity in it. And the thing with my little beardy is, that I can't get the humidity in it, and yeah, you just gotta humidify it. And so, that's why uh, it grows so much in the south is the humidity is. I like it down south. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I gotta drive back north to New Jersey. I really loved it down there. I thought. 
I hadn't been into the deep south in a long time, and I was, I was sorry to have to start heading head north. I think that's the deep south. I think that's great because everybody, when I came from uh, South Carolina, everybody that I worked with, they were like, oh, you're from South Carolina? Do you have paved roads? Like... Hello. You know, you know, uh, guys, I'll tell you one thing. I've lived in California all of my life, and when I flew to uh, meet Francie face to face in South Carolina, I've, I've never experienced that kind of humidity before. It, like, affected my hair and the change in climate. When I came back, I, I, I actually had cold sores and, and a fever and everything from it. Like, uh, I, I figured after that, I might as well not do very much traveling. I, I could just be like uh, what Woody Allen is to New York, never leaves. I could just be in California for the rest of my life, just be completely fine, because that humidity made my hair all frizz out into, like, an Afro type of a thing. It, it, was, uh, it was really weird. But you were talking about carnivorous plants, Edward, um, and uh, my dad and I... Um, uh, uh, put a greenhouse together when I was like around the sixth, sixth grade, and uh, I collected carnivorous plants in that greenhouse. And uh, I learned that actually uh, Venus flytraps are native to South Carolina. And I think it's the only I think it's the only place they grow. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think I think they're endangered now too because of just the development that's gone on down there. I think they only grow in the like marshes near the shore, actually. Yeah, yeah, and and sundews as well. A lot of sundews. It's strange. South Carolina seems very strange because they have these kinds of plants, and a lot of the rest of the world they don't have plants quite like that. A lot of like tropical forests and stuff. They have like pitcher plants and different things. But uh, really, those that happens. Like really weird. We well we, we we had sun we had sundews in New Hampshire when I was a kid. You could find sundews in the bogs up there. But ah, Venus flytraps, fly which look like they have little teeth and they move, are, are only are only indicative to the uh, small areas in the Carolinas. Wow. No, no, definitely not. No, in, in New Hampshire, like New Jersey, in the bogs of New Jersey, they've got sundews also and pitcher plants. But the Venus flytraps are are only a very small region in the Carolinas. John John Link used to collect Venus flytraps when when he that, had a house. That's why I thought, yeah, John Link. He said I got. Venus flytraps, and that's why I thought that was in Jersey. When I when I first visited John Link at his home, I realized that, oh. that I, from outside the house, I realized that every window in the house had what appeared to be a terrarium in the window. And I asked him, I said, uh, "What's in those terrariums?" And he said, "Oh, Venus flytraps." <laughs> oh. He had a he had a rather large collection of them. He he also used to collect, uh, believe it or not, the only pets John Link ever had because his mother didn't like dogs or cats. Uh, John John kept uh, pet slugworms. 
Oh wow! I mean, that, that was that was John Link's pet, slugworms, and, and he knew and he knew everything about slugs. Anything you could possibly want to know about slugs, he could tell you. He knew how to feed them and care for slugs. Uh, if you want to get just an idea of his sad, weird childhood, a kid with pet. Most kids might have a pet like you know. Like Scotty Dog or something, or like you know, John Link had had pet slugs. <laughs> wow, he didn't feed them to his Venus flytraps, did he? I don't know if they would eat a slug. No, they I, probably wouldn't. I, I think I think it's a, a rather slither its way out of out of the thing. I, yeah, probably. I think you need like a rather agile insect that yeah can't can't escape that trap. Yeah, I used to feed mine uh, uh, ground beef and yes, like yeah, we'll feed, uh, yeah, we'll ants and, and like red ants and things. Or you chop up the children and feed them to your meat supply trap. Chop up the children or sometimes local neighborhood dogs. And you, I didn't and like. You say, hey, little Billy, come over here, and you chop off his finger and grind it up and feed it to your plants. It, there we go. That's what made them big and strong. I'm talking about the plants. <laughs> yeah. But Francie, everybody's so polite down south. In New Jersey, everybody's rude. People are polite down south. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're... And you know what was funny is uh, when we moved up north to Michigan and Ohio, and then we had to go back to South Carolina, and everybody's like, uh, yes, Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And kind of like, uh, and when I didn't say it, they were like, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. My karate, my karate instructor, Mike Ginovo, he said, uh, yes, sir. And I'm like, no, if you say yes, sir, up north. And, uh, Back me up on this. If you say yes, sir, up north, dude, you're like trash. Is that I correct? Know, I, I, I didn't know you studied karate. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that yeah. Either. American, uh, hello, Keith Vitale, American Ninja. Dude, I got a I got a brown belt in karate. Uh, that's 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 I learned something every day. I thought I knew all about you. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't oh, know that yeah. I have a brown belt in karate too, with two black stripes. And then I oh, really? leave. I bet I can kick Nick's ass and fight. Well, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to get in a fight with either of you. Although I actually I studied judo I studied judo for about five years. So I have judo, some martial arts myself. Purple belt in judo, me. I got, I got as far as purple also. I was taking it when I was a kid. And then we moved judo, to New Hampshire that fire, and then that fireman can just grab him on the growing and you just flip him over. Hello. But uh, 
Anyhow, South Carolina, beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. And and on the way home, on the way home, I I hadn't been there. Like I hadn't been down to the deep south since the 1980s, since '87. And on the way home, I couldn't resist. I I stopped off at south of the border. Which is on I-95, uh, just south of the border between North and South Carolina. Yeah, everybody's saying you're about to hit south of the border. There's all those uh, signs that says you're two minutes away, you're one mile away, and I've never been to south of the border. I find that hard. Like you drive I-95, and like you're like 200 miles away is when you see the first sign. Like you're in luck. Only 200 more miles till you reach south of the border, <laughs> and then a mile later, it's only 199 miles now until you reach south of the border. Yeah. How, 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 how are you able to resist going? You said that's amazing. That's like saying. Uh, yeah, if I grew up in New York City, and you know, I, I just, I, I just, I just never, I just never went to Times Square. Never, never went to Times Square ever. All those years, I was just, it's a, it seems strange that you never know, got to the border. They give you, they give you the, all those warnings. It's like you're 18, you're 18 miles away. You're, I don't know. We just, we had a death. We're going to go to Myrtle Beach, and it's kind of like, hey, and my younger brother was even saying, we're almost at the south of the border, and uh, and they say, exit now for the south of the border, and we're like, no. It's, it's, it's much more than a theme park. I mean, it's more than, more than a truck stop. It's a theme park. And uh, I did a little and research. Everybody's telling me now, and now I kind of wish I did go south of the border. I, I, read, I read the history of south of the border. That it, It's actually uh, it, it's located between two dry counties in North Carolina and South Carolina. And because it, was, because it was right on the border, they were able to sell liquor in that location because it was on the border and technically in neither county because it was actually in both states technically. It's right on the North Carolina-South Carolina border. It goes right through this, what is now a theme park, but originally, it was just a liquor store that did extremely, you know, and they'd say if you wanted to buy liquor in these dry counties, well, you, you've got to go south of the border. And, uh, oh. but then it became, and, and still, even though they do sell liquor there even now, even though they've expanded, it's interesting. They do have signs that we will not, we cannot uh, you cannot purchase nor can we sell you, even in our restaurants, alcoholic beverages between the hours of uh, midnight Saturday until midnight Sunday the following day. That's it's a blue law. You, can, you can't you can't sell alcoholic beverages 
on the on that day on Sunday. So right now we got a lot of sober people. Well, but you can you can actually uh, buy alcoholic beverages before you like ride on a roller coaster. I don't know, but they have they have they have they got rides there now and arcades and they've got a reptile lagoon they call it. And uh, south of the border is an interesting place. And, and I bought some souvenirs when I was there. I, I was going to stop by for a minute. I got stuck there for hours. And uh, I bought some uh, edible souvenirs. And maybe you could talk about this, Francie, because you're from the area. But uh, I, I bought some uh, edible goods uh, that were authentic to South Carolina. They sold them south of the border. Now, I'm sure you've seen the movie... Both of you, I'm sure you've seen the movie My Cousin Vinny, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Joe, Joe, I never really understood this. Joe Pesci Pesci wins points in this case because he discusses uh, the process of making grits. And, you know, you go up north and you can buy instant instant grits. I got this cloth sack full of real southern grits, and they had the instructions in the back. And they were in the movie he, that any self-respecting southerner, it takes 20 to 25 minutes at least to cook grits. And I was reading this cloth sack that I bought of grits, and there is, it's, it's quite a process, but actually making grits the right way. You got to use chicken broth and milk and butter and some... And, and melt some shredded cheddar cheese into it, and you've got to stir it slowly. It takes about 25 minutes. Did, did you okay. know that? Did, did you know? Tell me about yes. grits. I, I I did know that, and I did say, Nick, I'm going to make you some grits for breakfast. And he says, okay, but he did not realize the process of making grits. It, it's not a 10-minute process. It, you do have to make... It's like mashed potatoes. Nick, did you know about the mashed potatoes, too? Oh, well, yeah. I think Francie tried to make me some grits sometime, but I... I, I wasn't really. I didn't them. try to make uh, you grits. Oh, you, you did. You, you did. Yeah, you made grits for me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wasn't really and into them that much. Lemon. It reminds me of the great John Wayne movie, True Grits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I yeah, like. I like. You know, I, I like. I like both. I like both the movies. Because. Jeff Bridges is, is like one of my very—he's one of my very favorite actors. Oh, he was great in that in that remake with the Coen Brothers. And, yeah. and that was actually more faithful to the novel. But you know, sometimes movies, film is a different art form, and sometimes the novels need to be enhanced. Uh, I personally think uh, you know Frankenstein, the movie from 1931, is is superior to Mary Shelley's novel. Uh, and sometimes the novel is superior to the movie, but uh, but I, I but I still think I, my point is, you know, John Wayne is like the greatest movie star ever, and, and that's one of his great performances. And I like both the movies a lot, but uh, I do prefer the John Wayne version, even though it's different from the book. Yeah, 
That would have been great if John Wayne played Frankenstein. The monster. That would have been interesting. <laughs> I was reading recently, because I watched it on TV, I was reading recently that uh, John Wayne was originally offered the role of uh, uh, Colonel King Kong in, uh, in, in Dr. Strangelove, which was ultimately played by Slim Pickens. Uh, oh, but, wow. but, he, but he absolutely turned it down. And and then they offered it to Dan Blocker, believe it or not. Before, like you know, Dan Blocker was offered the chance to play that, and he read the script and he goes, "This, this script is a totally pinko." Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> he refused yeah. to do it. Then they got Slim Pickens was the Slim Pickens was third on the list, believe it or not. When he when he rides that that H bomb, you know, Here like you a Bronco. Yeah. But uh, John, they, they wrote the role for John Wayne, and when he read it, he just shook his head and said, you guys are really, you're kidding, asking me to play this part, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really funny. I think on just the last Transient Friends, we talked about Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> it's a great movie, but you know, now that what's happening in, in Ukraine, what's happening, I, I have come to realize that uh, General Curtis E. LeMay was right. He was right. General LeMay. And uh, General LeMay was spoofed. There's no war talk in the war room. But General LeMay was was mocked in Dr. Strangelove. Sterling Hayden's character of General Jack Ripper was a, a, a vicious spoof on General Curtis LeMay. His nickname was the Big Cigar because he was always smoking a cigar, and and I actually did a Curtis LeMay impression in the movie Mold because I'm always smoking a cigar. I was doing Curtis LeMay. Ah. I believe I believe you two have seen Mold, right? Yes, yes, we have. I was yeah, doing Curtis LeMay, Mold. and Sterling Hayden was doing Curtis LeMay. But Curtis LeMay was right, and we should have listened to him back in the '50s. Uh, but instead, you know, he suffered. He was he was forced to resign. He was forced he was forced into retirement because he made a very sensible recommendation. And 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 the president and the, uh, Eisenhower and the pundits at the time uh, didn't like his very sensible, rational idea, and they they forced him into retirement early. He didn't want to retire from the military. And, 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 his, and his idea was pure and simple. Do you know what it was? What? What? What was it? Well, General Curtis LeMay, and he was the head of the Strategic Air Command at the time. He said, let's face it, you know, thanks to those bastards, the Rosenbergs and Carl Fuchs, I mean, the Russians have the atomic bomb. So, and we, we, they're making them, they've tested it, but they haven't got that many. And we know that, that Russia is godless and completely evil, and they're utterly irredeemable. And, and they are going to start World War III. They're going to try to conquer the world. They're going to start it. It's inevitable. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, it'll happen next year. If it doesn't happen next year, it'll happen in 10 years. If not that, it'll happen in a generation or two. But they will start the Third World War. It can't be stopped. You can't reason with these Russians. And he goes, and he was saying at the time in the 50s, Look, they're making inroads into Cuba. It was prior to the Cuban Missile Crisis. And he said they're, they're taking over Southeast Asia and turning everybody commie. They're, they're taking over the Caribbean and, and Central America. They're in our country infiltrating our government, our schools, 
our press, which we all know is true, uh, they, they, they've totally infiltrated Hollywood. This was during the McCarthy era. And he said, I, I have a proposal. He said, look, World War III is going to happen, and the longer we wait, the worse it's going to be. So I suggest that what we need is a good preemptive strike. It's a prophylactic to save this country from better happening. And his idea was quite brilliant. He said, you know, we choose 70 Russian cities, and all at once, without warning, we drop 133 atomic bombs on those cities. He said there'll be some resistance. But, you know, I guarantee you, World War III will be over in less than a month, and we'll never have to worry about the Russians again. We'll, we'll, we'll bomb them back into the Stone Age. Wow. I, I do and, and, they, and, and they said he was crazy. I open that uh, song by Sting in the <laughs> yeah. 80s where he says, uh, Mr. Cruz, Jeff says he will protect you. I don't subscribe to his point of view. Believe me when I say to you, I hope the Russians love their children, too. But, I mean, uh, can you believe they said that General Curtis LeMay was mad? Wow. It's actually quite, you know, well, you know, it's in the Bible. A, a, a prophet is never accepted in his own country. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.